0: Welcome everybody, this is uh, Under the Bars episode 3 and we have Shawnee Jacob, the, the first wellness pro in Hawaii, just happens to um, train at IHF so I wanted to bring her on and talk about um, her journey getting up to there and bring up you know some of the obstacles she's encountered in competing and I think um, people get the assumption that when you're even when you're trying like a a program to get get bigger lose weight or compete or whatever that all of a sudden life's just going to flow perfectly for you and it's usually the fucking opposite so when we were talking in the gym I was like this is something that def- people definitely need to hear because you know when life comes at you like it usually does people need to learn uh, the first of all, people realize how important some things are then they need to learn how to work around it to keep getting keep going in the direction they're going so first off what got you into competing and training and stuff? What was it that, so yeah, how'd you get into training? Then how'd you get from that into competing?
1: So um, I've always been pretty active um, growing up. I did cross country, cheerleading, soccer, you know, I did a lot of different sports. Um, And in 2015, I was going through a really hard time in my life. I was going through um, a child custody battle, I was going through a nasty divorce. I literally had you know picked up my whole life and moved it out of state. and I was a young mom. I'd never left home. <laughs> and um, I was just in a really dark place. I had no family, I had no support system. I was just very down, and I knew that I wasn't in a healthy mindset, and I needed you know, to, I needed an outlet. So I kind of just started going to the gym because, you know, I reverted back to high school, you know, sports, you're releasing those endorphins. It's good for you. you. I can't, I can't understand what it does to you, but it makes me feel great. So, um, I just started going to the gym and, you know, after a few months, I'm like, Hmm, you know, you, you see one or two competitors, um, pass through. And this was so it happens. I was living in Texas, when oh, this is okay. going on and, and Texas is big and the NPC, you, yes. you know, big state bit, lots of shows. Um, and I just kind of got a little curious and, um, I coached myself through, um, a, a, like a natural bodybuilding organization and actually like won a pro card right out the door, my first show. Um, and then I ended up getting pregnant <laughs> And I later on in 2017, I made the switch to NPC. So um and that
0: was that was all that's a whole nother story too. So, you know. So you just needed like an outlet, something to channel all the negativeness and stuff of what was going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and it it did. It, you know, it just feels like sometimes when the weight of of your like the weight of the world is on your shoulders, it's I don't know, it's such a healthy outlet. And I, I grew up and I have uh, many family members and, you know, a lot that goes on in my life. And um, there's substance abuse, there's alcohol abuse, there's mental illness in my family. And and I grew up around this. And I don't think that I ever realized how chaotic my life actually was until I I got away from it and built the life that I wanted. And, you know, there's I think it just helped me so much. Like it led me down a different path, a healthier path.
0: Yeah. When did you do your first contest NPC? Like
1: 2017. Okay. I um. So 2017, I actually competed on my second son's first birthday. He spent his first birthday uh, in Waikiki at the Sean Ray, the first ever Sean Ray Classic. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That was at the and, Modern, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at the yeah. Modern. Um and it was awesome. I did uh I think I did novice and I did open and I took a second and fourth place and um it was just really it was really unique. It was my first show. It was on my son's first birthday, but It's also um, very sad too, because getting into that show, going in four weeks out from that show, my mother-in-law actually went into hospice. So I kind of had to stop prep. We had to fly to Florida for two weeks, um, you know, from Hawaii. That's a 12 hour flight. Yeah. And we kind of, I, I'm not going to lie. Like uh, this isn't an excuse. I felt like you know, hospice—you're you're kind of waiting for someone to pass, and I didn't feel like I could be there for my husband while trying to focus on prep. It was just a very hard time, so I kind of just stepped back from everything and really focused on family for two weeks. And then two weeks coming back, I really grinded it out and just put my head down. But those two weeks, I just really made it about family, and I—I I think that's one of the only times that that's ever like happened to me where I—I kind of just stopped, but I in my heart I felt like you know I couldn't I couldn't be there for the way for him that I needed to
0: yeah now you you do this one year after having a kid and mm-hmm. <laughs> when, did, when did you decide to do the contest because if well, what I'm trying to get to is um were you already in that in, in the state of training and then you had stopped to have the kid and go back to it or was it like you had to start right after having that kid and hopefully rebound well and go into it or what
1: So you're going to love this. Like my story just keeps getting more wonky. So just (laughs) if you can try to keep up with it, I'm really sorry. So no, I actually, I've always been um, a little bit more petite. I like maybe 110, 115 pounds. But again, this is, you got to remember this is several years ago. Yeah, I've been, I've been competing now for, you know, I have a, at least five years of bodybuilding experience, yeah. like really hands-on training. And um, so I was always very petite. My son turned five months old and my husband is actually military. So we were actually assigned orders to move from Texas to Hawaii. (laughs) So when my son's five months old, we pick up our whole life. And for about six, seven weeks, we lived out of a hotel with our like two kids getting our house ready. And then as soon as we jumped in the house, um, they kind of put it out there and I know that I started at probably 14 weeks because the memories kind of popped up the other day for me. And I kind of like browsed through and I saw some from like 14 weeks out and, uh, yeah.
0: Wow. So you, you had 14 weeks and then two of those weeks you were gone and you came back and you still finished second and fourth. Now, was it figure that you competed in?
1: No, it was bikini. bikini. I was, again, I was like very small, very petite
0: back then. Okay. Yeah, that, the first that, that Sean Ray was, uh, I want to say three or four years ago, four years ago, 2017. Yeah, okay, be. Yeah, because because uh, we skipped the year. Now, the third one's coming up this year. Yeah.
1: And it's got and it's got the uh, classic physique, right? Yeah. Uh, it's going to have the pro class.
0: Yes. So you hadn't done any training before that 14 week point and you just started then?
1: No, I think that I've always been uh, probably active, like, you know, walking and but like weight training. Absolutely not. Like
0: oh God. still, that's impressive, though. Um, So going into the um, the hospice incident, like you said, you were how many weeks out when that came up? We we're four weeks out. OK, and so you've gone for two weeks and he came back and finished the two weeks. Yep. Um, What was what was the first thing that like went through your head? Because I know. I mean, being competitor, you're going to be more strong minded than most people. I mean, we we get that.
1: Mm-hmm. But at
0: the Same time, like these people that are trying to do a program or oh, I'm going to do some 12 month weight loss challenge, or whatever. The first time something comes up, they just throw their hands up and they're like, "Fuck it," you yeah. know. So, what what motivated you to stay on and finish it? Like, did you did that ever even cross your mind, or was the first thing you thought was well, okay? here's the situation. How can I satisfy this and get around it, still come back and try to do the best I can do?
1: I mean, I was, I was, I would be lying to you if I said that, you know, I wasn't mad or or disappointed at, like, you know, you're you're irritated, you've worked. And um, I was excited about it, but my, I was, it was a goal of mine. Like I was determined, like I'm stepping on that stage, like one year after having a baby, like I was pretty (laughs) set in stone on that. Um, And I just, man I don't like to not finish something I I don't I don't like to not finish something I have to finish it if I said I was gonna do it then you know I'm I'm going to
0: so what once you made that decision what strategies did you implement like it before you left you said okay when I leave and I'm gone for this two weeks I'm gonna do this when I come back I gotta start this I'm sure you and Jeff were probably communicating the whole time so So I wasn't even with Jeff yet Oh, really you were doing this on your own
1: I did all of this. So I actually for my whole uh, for getting nationally qualified, I coached myself the whole way through and all the way to my first nationals. I coached myself. I actually I I met Jeff the week I was flying out for nationals. Um, I met him and I knew after like talking to him for an hour, just casually with a friend, like I knew coming back that I was going to ask him. Like, that I wanted to train with him Like, he just, he was so kind to me It made me feel like a million bucks
0: Yeah, he's like the nicest guy on the planet
1: Super Yeah,
0: so that, um, that's That blows me away, cause like You, you go into this and you start training yourself Like, where did you have Your core knowledge, or were you just Saying fuck it and taking shots of the dark Or what, when it came to the training and the food and stuff Like, where did you get the foundation you know, no. of all that?
1: I think that I've always eaten. Um, I've always eaten rather healthily. Um, you know, my parents did, did do that well for me. Um, we always ate pretty healthy, always ate vegetables. So I've always made smarter choices. Like I know people say, you know, off season or improvement season or or whatever you want to call it to where you get more food. Um, I have a very good relationship with food and I just make smart choices with my diet. You know, yeah, this tastes good, but this makes me feel good. And I've really established that. And I think that's very important in the fitness world. Like you have got to know your body. You've got to understand what you're putting in your body is good for you. It's going to just in every aspect, like mentally, physically. Um, <clears throat> I don't think that people realize how much, you know, sugars and all that stuff play into your emotions. So oh, good, yeah. healthy food. Yeah. Good, healthy food choices I made. Um, and like I said, just, uh, staying active. I, um, would walk, you know, but when I came back for those two weeks, I just did a lot of, uh, I did a lot of hit. I did a lot of high intensity and I incorporated, um, weights and nothing too heavy, just something to get a nice, you know, pump and then just maintaining in.
0: Now, when you were gone for those two weeks, were you doing anything to try to stay on track? Were you trying to at least eat smart or anything until you got back or what?
1: I don't think we really, um, we, I do, I do remember that we had a a couple good, healthy dishes, um, while we were there, like, you know, um, when you're kind of in hospice, you have family and friends and people that are coming in and they're kind of bringing you food, you know, dinners and such for the family. So I didn't really eat. I, I probably portion wise, I probably ate healthy, you know, a good serving, but um, I didn't. I I ate what people brought, and I'm from the south. Yeah, I'm from sure. the south, so it's rude. Yeah, it is. I am. <laughs> I, I am good about this now, but then and at that moment, for you know, just what was going on in our lives, it would just you know sometimes you have to give and take, and that's.
0: And, anytime and that before, was just a
1: decision. That's not an excuse. I, I know what I did. I'm not, you know, I, and you know what, maybe that's why I took second or fourth instead of first.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, me being from North Carolina, like, I know if anybody's in bad health or once somebody dies, like that family will not have to buy food for a long time. Cause something about everybody brings it over and it's just so tons much. of it. Tons so of it.
1: Much.
0: Also, um, speaking of the, I know you have some really good diet tricks and stuff that you use to take care of any cravings. I'll post, we did a podcast on it with IHF. So if you guys are listening, I'll post the link to that at the bottom of this. It's an IHF or Iron Wine Fitness podcast where she came on with Jeff and they talked about the foods that she ate on the diet with, um, to take care of like sweet tooth and stuff. Really, some really smart things to think about. So if you guys want to check that out, I'll post it on here. Now, um, let's see. Would somebody, from the outside looking in i know in your head you're seeing this as you know i started this so there's only two weeks after i got back i gotta finish it i can't be disappointed i don't want to be the mrs what if down the road if i'd have stuck with it, if i'd been, been all right um people on the outside looking in do you think they would have seen this as a selfish decision or how do you think it would have been viewed Oh, hundred
1: a hundred and ten percent
0: yeah why do you think why do I think that? Yeah, I mean, you were going to come back. You had two weeks left. You were gone for two weeks. To me, it seems feasible because if you're already in decent shape when you leave, you could probably pull it off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I guess people would have different opinions about it, but I, I definitely think if you're like, oh yeah, well, my mother-in-law was on hospice, but I'm back. I feel like people in the fitness industry would understand. Yeah. You know, like oh, like I, I get it, like because going back to what you said earlier, you can't imagine or believe the stories that you hear some of these people going through. Yep. I remember, um, um, gosh, where was it? Oh my gosh, why can't I think? Hurricane Katrina flooded um, Louisiana, right? Yeah. I remember hearing this physique guy win his class and he w- had no home. He was homeless. His his home was flooded. He was in the middle of moving. Like, and he was on prep. And he like, and he did it. Like, could you
0: imagine? <laughs> That's
1: insane. Yeah. Really so I think yes. Like you know, people will look at it as being selfish. But at the end of the day, like, there's always going to be an excuse. There's always going to be a reason that you could strike out. There, I. I to be like blunt i could die tomorrow and that would be it like and i i don't want to live that way i want to i want to go through i feel like god opens so many doors and so many opportunities that we just close yeah because we're because of what fear or failure or what what do you have to lose that's literally what i tell
0: myself every single time i'm like what do you have to lose If you don't break out of that comfort zone or or come over the hurdles, I mean, life's troubleshooting. That's what life is. And if you don't have a problem that you're constantly having to fight, you're not living. You're not progressing. You got to get out of the comfort zone. Like as soon as you fix a problem, another one's going to come up. And as long as you keep solving those, you're going to keep doing better. I don't think I think a lot of people now in this day and age they they think everything should be perfect and problem free. Like it's actually the opposite. Like you should be problem solving most of your life until you decide to retire and sit down because that's how you move forward.
1: I told myself, so you know how it is when you're on prep, you know, it just seems like you don't stop. Like there's never a off day. There's never a break. There's always something going on. And you know, I always tell myself you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable all the time. Absolutely. If, uh, If you're not somebody out there is doing it and they're getting better. So even if it's uncomfortable, even if you're not doing great at it, like, keep doing it. Like, because this is where consistency and dedication and discipline like takes a play. Like, you know, all those small steps, like they add up. Like I truly believe it. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, if I'm saying this, you know, me have competed before, but if I was in the person's shoes that was in hospice or in the hospital and my kid or my kid's spouse or something was competing or something, I would be like, dude, don't even tell them to come down here. Like, that shit is important. They've got plenty of years left, and they don't want to pass up this opportunity. Like, nothing with me is going to change if they come down here or not. I'm not going to get butt hurt. So you tell them to fucking keep pushing, you know, and if I'm still here afterwards, then we can work something out. Like, that's what, if I was the person in the bed, I, that's my attitude. I would yeah. tell the person, like, don't bother with my shit. I'm at the end of my rope. That's why I'm here. You fucking go do what you got to do. You know, I mean, I think a lot, especially in my family, would think that way. Like, they don't want... I just don't like my me. This is me personally. I wouldn't like to think that me being sick or whatever would be holding somebody else back when it couldn't, you know, I wouldn't want. Yeah. That. And I, I think majority of people would think the same way. So when you when you came back, you had to start strategizing. All right. How can I still do this? How can I make this? You know, because in your head, it was still believable. Like I, I can I can still pull this off.
1: hmm.
0: So, when most people would have said screw it, or would have just probably went through the motions and then used that as an excuse for why they didn't place well or anything, um, was there anything else like coming back? You were like, okay, I'm gonna do this, 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 is how I'm gonna catch up, or whatever. Any strategies you usually don't implement that you did as far as training or diet, or
1: no, no, I don't, I didn't, and um, I just honestly, it works, like you know. And just how they say one bad meal isn't going to ruin all your progress. I, I don't understand how people just fall completely off and think because they ate one bad thing that their whole diet is ruined. I'm like, I don't I don't think that's how that works, guys. <laughs> it's not like you're uh, however many hours for the whole month that you worked out are just gone. <laughs> yeah.
0: But people will do that and then they'll say that so they can make an excuse to keep doing that over and over again. That's the thing. It's yeah, like, oh, my yeah. diet's ruined. So now I'm going to the buffet and just destroying everything. When really, if they would have just stopped there, they could have salvaged something. I think that's why they say that. So they have an excuse to keep keep going.
1: Yeah. And honestly, if you're tracking everything that you're eating, I mean, I feel, uh, I, you know, I use apps to track what my, all my macros and everything. And it's it almost takes a sense of guilt out of what you're doing. Like if you maybe had a nibble of this or, you, you know, and you can account for it. And then adjust your macros as needed throughout the day, it's it's very helpful. It takes a lot of stress off. Yeah. And, you know, you stay on track. And I'm all about, you got to, um, just no stress. Like, I'm, I pay very important, like very, it's very important for me not to be stressed. So, you know how I am.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, You're pretty positive I, all the time, so.
1: I try to be, I mean, I, and that's not me just, you know, acting like stuff. I don't have stuff going on in my life. It's just me choosing to look at what I do have and be grateful for what I do have and, you know, work at, but I'm going to be mad and have a problem. Okay. How, I'm just mad. It's not solving anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you just want to be mad? Like, that's just my thought process with it. You know, you can make things as simple or as complicated as what you want.
0: Yeah, now, that was going to be my next thing I was going to bring up was that during those last two weeks, it's very important to stay positive because, I mean, you compete, you know, if you start thinking negative, you know, the last few weeks is when the diet really starts fucking your head up. You'll look at yourself, look amazing, and you'll say, oh, I look like crap and would to quit. And people will, all this negativeness, it starts manifesting in their body. Like they'll start holding water they'll start freaking out. They'll start making bad decisions because they're worrying they'll start doing too much and under eating. And so it's very important to keep positive mindset the whole time, because anytime that starts caving in, it's just like a fucking snowball downhill. It doesn't stop. So, and like I said, I know you're a pretty pot. You're always happy when you come in and stuff like that. So I know that's probably wasn't an issue for you coming back. Um, you're probably glad to be back in the routine, actually, if anything. Oh, so happy. <laughs> yeah, now looking, um, all this being over looking back, knowing what you had to do to compensate and make adjustments at the time when something like this happens, people are probably like, man, this is going to be so super hard. I got to do this, this, but then after it's over, you're like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. I got through it pretty good. I was just freaking the fuck out. So now, after you know years after this is over, looking back and seeing adjustments you had to make and how you finished, did it really throw that big of a wrench into everything, or do you think it was like ah, you know, I could I could handle worse, or I could go through that again pretty easy?
1: I could definitely do that again. Um, It, you know, I'm I'm not saying that it was not hard and that it didn't have its difficulties, but um, I'm so much more I'm so much more seasoned now and. Um, I, I've had just as many crazy, you know, experiences, <laughs> adventures
0: yeah. since
1: then. And, you know, you just handle it, it, <laughs> you just got to learn to like go with the swings and, you know, if it's your show, it's your show. And if it's not, then, you know, clap for the girl next to you or, you know, the athlete next to you, because you have no idea what they are went through to get there and you know that's always my 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 first thought process um I just we have so many amazing athletes and so many amazing stories and I I mean I could literally just keep on rattling off story after story for you that I've heard or
0: um here in Hawaii there's so many people that have turned pro recently and I'm sure every one of them has some kind of Debacle or obstacle that's come up because I mean, like I said, that's life. That's what life is. Yeah. So what what separates them in the top top tier is did you deal with it or did you did you say fuck it? Because I honestly think when something when something comes up, and this applies to anybody, I've seen it with people trying to lose ten pounds and people trying to compete. I've seen the same issue come up, and usually the people with the harder thing of competing are the ones who know how to deal with it. So yeah. as soon as something comes up. They start thinking negatively like, oh, this is going to stop this from happening. And I don't know how I'm going to adjust this. And I'm not going to end the because I missed that day. And I'm going to miss these days. And I'm going to eat this. And like everything just started I mean, within a matter of minutes. They've already foreshadowed or foreseen that their entire work is going to go down the drain and they're back to who they used to be. And it's like, man, if, you know, if you would just shut up real quick and think about how to solve this one problem, you'd probably be back on track and not even realize it happened. Yeah. You know, there's something I heard the other day I'm not going to forget. And it was, um, I don't even know who said it. it was on some show I was watching. It was like the past and the future don't exist, live in the moment. Why are you mm-hmm. worrying about something that doesn't exist, holding you back? If it's in the past, it's done. If it's in the future, it's not here yet, it's not existing. So if you got to be living in what's going on right now, sure, we have goals. But if you're foreseeing all these problems that are going to come up, you'll be manifesting that shit now. And yes. comes up the drama like, you got this bomb of drama already built up. And as soon as the first, like a flat tire happens, like, Oh, everything's ruined. I'm like, you have been setting yourself up to blow up like this the whole time. When really, if you'd been living in the moment, staying positive, you just change the tire and kept driving.
1: Yeah. I, um, so I also kind of do that, um, with people when they ask me, uh, you know, how are you doing this? I was like, you just honestly, just take it day by day, L- you know, accomplish your diet today.
0: Yeah.
1: Hit your macros today. Get your workout done today. Get your cardio done today. Okay. Did you do it at the end of the day? All right. Let's plan tomorrow. Like, And I understand, you know, as you start going, you know, you're going to have like, Oh, doctor's appointments, or you got to pick the kids up from soccer on this day. So you're going to have to make those adjustments, but like, just, just start with today. Yeah. That, that's all you have to do is get through today and get by getting through today, you already built up confidence to get through tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And, um, one of the best analogies, or well, one of the first things where I first learned that was when I went into boot camp, right? It was, you're looking at graduation, eight, nine, 10 weeks down the road, and then you mm-hmm. start living week to week. And then you start living day to day. And the next thing you know, you're living meal by meal because the meals, the the time you get to sit down and not have anybody bother you. And you know, instead of oh man, we got six weeks left, instead of doing that, dude, you got two hours to lunch and you got so many hours till dinner. When you start doing that, it's actually a lot better. Because yeah. you're still wondering about the final exams and the tests and stuff you have to go through at the end, or I can worry about what I'm eating for lunch. And you know, living in that moment is it passed by so that so much better. And I think because you're in this repetitive routine, just like prep of everything structured, everything said for you. If you start living moment by moment like that, it goes by a lot better than if you start looking like, I'm going to be doing the same shit six weeks from now. You got to, like you said, live in the present and make the best out of it at that time.
1: You're so right. And it's literally, when I sit down, everybody always asks me, they're like, why do you always schedule all your stuff so late? I'm like, because it stresses me out. It stresses me out to think that far out. So i When I start to leave, like for the mainland, I I maybe start booking all my stuff like three weeks out (laughs) (laughs) because I I don't I don't want to think so far out. It makes it just it makes me anxious. I'm just a very. um, I am very anxious.
0: (laughs) How how would that affect your workouts? Because there's times I'm guilty of it. I'll go to the gym and I'm worried about some shit coming up after I'm after I'm out. And I'll be thinking about that the whole time when I should be focusing on this next set I've got. You know, and that was something I've had to almost reteach myself. And it goes back to what we were talking about, where you were talking about the outsourcing stuff at the beginning of the episode, like those hour, two hours, whatever you're in there, that's your time when nobody, nothing outside of that gym should be bothering you. That's, and I think that's where some of the therapy comes in. Cause there's some guys that they're very busy. They have a business or they're like a CEO or something. And that two hours is the only time where nobody bothers them. And if they don't get that, they're going to go fucking crazy. So. Yeah. When you're in there, all the outside stuff needs to be gone. Even if you got to, you know, I, one of the best um, tips I've heard is if you have a business, you have to use the phone for your, for your business when you're training and stuff, put it on airplane mode and film everything. And then when you get out of there, turn it on and then start posting stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you pick up your phone and the airplane mode's not on and you're recording, you see these messages, you just fell right back into the trap again. So yeah. for a while to retrain myself, I did that. I put my phone in airplane mode so that. I, everybody messaging me, I wouldn't even see it till I was done working out. And that's good. if you keep letting all those problems outside of the gym bother you during the workout, then there's a frat, there's a percentage of why you're working out that's no longer there. And that's to get that shit out of your system and to get the therapy and to get the get the tension and stuff out of your system and at least have some time to not think about that stuff.
1: Yeah, when I um, I really enjoy my gym time. So oh, you're in there forever. Uh, I feel like that. i
0: like my uh
1: in 32 minutes into my warm-up the other day (laughs) 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 i was feeling real good on them stretches (laughs) yeah um you know i like i said i really do enjoy my gym time um and I do feel like I am there forever. You know, I have three leg days a week, and I really, really focus on uh, foam rolling and stretching. Like I do yoga in the morning. Uh, I do a lot of sports therapy with sapphire, as you know that. Yeah. um so i I enjoy my gym time, but it's it's the one time that of the day that I get to go in and I'm not I'm not wife, I'm not mom. Like I am just me and an athlete like, I get to drop my bag and I, I really like, I do. I enjoy my time at the gym. I know you see me like taking my time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we got a good crowd in there anyway. And it's not like when we're talking, taking up space and people's time, like we're in there. It's, it's like a camaraderie in that gym. And I've seen it better there. I don't know here lately. I've noticed it's really good. So when you're Mm -hmm. in there, you kind of want to stay and, you know, because we have a little area away from the weights where we can hang out. Like, you know, we want to stay and talk and catch up and stuff too. Because everybody's yeah. in the same goal. So that atmosphere is also very motivating. Because a lot of people are in there, balls to the wall, trying to make themselves better, whether it's lose weight, compete, get bigger, whatever. So just being yeah. in the atmosphere makes the place awesome. You know, it makes it an awesome place to be in there. So I can definitely. Yeah,
1: I, I used to. I used to say when you walked in there, you just saw like gold everywhere. You know what I mean? Because uh, the people that are at iron Hawaiian are there to work out. Like they, they, they're not playing. I mean, everybody is super friendly and nice, but people have goals there and and they are smashing them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I've been there. I think I'm on my third year and I'm just, I love the place still. Yeah. It's definitely Um, good. Yeah. And if you guys ever travel, if you guys are not in Hawaii, and you travel here, definitely. Um, Take a day and go in there and train because um just the just the look of the place, the old school look, the equipment, everything in there is just awesome. So you guys will love it. I haven't had anybody go in there and not like that place ever.
1: Oh, I <laughs> I did a uh, a tour the other day. Uh there was a guy kind of like hanging out, and Mark was doing jujitsu in the in his room and Tina had a client. So I could tell he was like looking around. And like I said, you know, you already know everybody's friendly at Iron Hawaiian, So I like I was like, Hey, I was like, are you new here? Are you interested in the gym? And he's like, yeah. So I kind of like showed him around a little bit. I was like, I was like, I don't work here. I was like, I just work out here. I was like, but I'm going to let you know. I was like, I really don't have to sell you on it. I was like, you're going to, like you're going to get a membership here because it it has everything. It sells itself.
0: Yeah. And we're getting ready to get, um, I'm looking, I know he's going to get like a pendulum squat and some other stuff in there. I'm excited for that because I want to use it.
1: I know he hasn't gave me a date yet, which I'm <laughs> waiting for, Mark, if you're watching.
0: <laughs> Speaking of because the, the training part, since you're wellness and you're the, the first wellness pro in Hawaii, um, yeah. can you give us some specifics on what's the difference of it? What do they look for judging? And if you're training for that category, what you should emphasize on so that you have a better chance of placing well?
1: Yes, I absolutely can. Uh, believe it or not, I have never had A more clear criteria um, than what they have given me. Um for like I never could figure out bikini, but I definitely feel like I know where they're headed with wellness. Um smaller um top body. Uh most of the girls when I talked to them backstage at Nationals didn't even touch their arms. Um you could see that they were, you know, tight and toned, but not a whole lot of muscular development um, just bigger bottom, you know, glutes, quads, hamstrings, for sure. They're not going for a striated look. I know that we're seeing, you know, girls over in South America, or, you know, that's kind of mixed with MPC and bodybuilding. But from what I've seen, you know, at the three national shows that I competed in last year, um, nice muscle density not too much striation. Um, in my opinion, I always say this, it's, I feel like it's what girls should look like in bikinis because it's me, (laughs) you know, I have muscle and I have curves and I have a butt and it was so hard. It was so hard for me to fit into that bikini category. I mean, forever, I would try to size down my legs and it's just actually nice to not fight my genetics for once.
0: Yeah. I think, um, it seems like, I, because of lack of a better explanation, like the Brazilian type genetics, the more bottom heavy, uh-huh. you know, like what you're describing is what that category is going to. And honestly, my opinion, it's more pleasing to look at because, uh-huh. you know, the bikini, it seemed like bikini almost was like that in the very beginning. And then it started going towards more really thin all around. What's a little bit of tone, which is fine. Uh-huh. But I kind of missed the, the, the more curvier stuff. Look, so. You know, I was knocking this category when it first came out, but now I'm seeing what's going into it. I'm like, these girls look a lot better. I like this.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and honestly, it, this is going to be – so I'm getting ready for Pittsburgh Pro, as you know. Yes. Um, but it is going to be so amazing. I know 18 girls, including myself, are already entered in it. And you have to think, these are all the top athletes of 2020. There, it, it's only us. It's only the girls that are winning you know, and so you have, you're going your lineup is just going to be stacked and we're all different heights. Um, it's really going to be bringing the best you that you can bring, you know, you're not going to be able to cookie cutter yourself from somebody else's look. Like I know you look at your Nisha and Francesca and, um, and those are beautiful. They're very different. But again, look how different they are. They're bringing their best possible bodies. Um, You know, I know you know Leticia that comes into Iron Hawaiian as well. She's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I You know, I met her for the first time at Nationals um, back in Orlando. And I was amazed. But she's tall and longer, but she's going to get it. I mean, she won in the overall at Chicago, her first wellness show and then made a top five at nationals right right out the bat. So go her. I can't wait to see her finish out this year, but it's just going to there's going to be so many different looks and I'm I'm excited to see yeah. what it
0: is they're looking for. I can see what you're saying now cuz I didn't know she was wellness, but seeing the height difference and how it's same category but there's a different look mm-hmm. in the bodies. That is interesting. That's pretty cool. So I'm I'm actually my opinion is completely 180 now. I'm actually looking forward to see how this category develops. And I think training-wise, it'll be better because I don't think you... I don't I don't see the girls being as um, conservative with the training now because you can train your legs if you want. You can train because, I mean, as long as the yeah. portions are there because for legs like you all, you have to fucking train them. You can't just get by with some jumping jacks and shit.
1: Oh, yeah. These, these girls are bringing it. Like, my knees hurt <laughs> from lifting so heavy. Yeah. I'm like, why why have my knees hurt? <laughs> so there, I mean, I can only imagine, I mean, we're moving some weight and I'm excited. It like, like I said, everybody's genetics are going to play a very different. I've seen some, you know, thick bottom wellness girls, but I've also seen some very athletic builds that are wellness girls, um, that, you know, I was like, oh, okay. All right. So it it's really gonna you know, what looks good on your body? Are you fitting the criteria for your body? Um, so it's, it's you know, it's why it's going to be important to get in front of those judges and to see, you know, them making those adjustments and seeing you improve.
0: I think as far as people on the outside that come watch this, that aren't a part of it, I think the wellness is going to attract more of them. Because my, like I said, my opinion is it's a more pleasing look. Now, I've seen bikini girls that are gorgeous. I'm not knocking it, but my preference is the thicker your muscular look in?
1: What you're saying is the <laughs> wellness girls are it bye the <laughs> move over. We will be the new ending to all the shows now.
0: I just think it'll, I I think it'll bring it. in, <laughs> I think it'll bring in more people. I can see it now. So that's awesome. Um, is there before we go, is there anything you would like to, to put out or any any advice to people that are probably trying to get into this? Besides everything we've already talked about, that you have to go through. Anything you would like to message, like to send out to everybody listening?
1: You know, if you're uh, wanting to do this, I think that it's great. Bodybuilding has given me the tools to apply in my life. I have applied this, you know, discipline, consistency, um, hard work. I not just done this, you know, in the gym, I've applied it at my job and my schooling as a mother, as a wife, as an athlete. Like when people say you live, eat and breathe this, it, you do. And it's, uh, you know, it's therapy for me. This is something that it's important to me. I'm passionate about it. Um, it's gotten me through a lot of hard times in my life and, um, I hope that one day, you know, my kids will see this and see like, wow, my mom worked really hard. And, you know, they cheer me on now and they tease me. They're like, you can't have this or um, and they always want to know where the trophy or the medal is.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure um, that when they look back, they'll be inspired. They're probably inspired now because they'll remember that when they get older and start going through stuff. You know, they'll remember how hard you worked. So it's definitely yeah. being a, a good role model. And, uh, what you said about carrying this over into everyday life, you know, it, it's like anybody that wants to be good at anything, if you want to be, get a job promotion, you want to get, um, you know, you, you have something you want to buy and you want to work for whatever it all sends, it all comes down to, I got to do a, B and C and anything that gets in the way of that fuck off until I get it done. And it's, there's no difference in that. And then bodybuilding is just, we choose to apply it to this sport. And like, when you know, if you want to be an actor, you got to do a lot of things to do that. It's just anything. If you want to play guitar, there's tons of stuff you have to do. It's the same thing. Because yeah. I think it clicks. Some people, like, I don't know, this just seems to click better to teach us that. Because, you know, when you have, you're working for this and every single thing you do 24-7 from the time you start to time you get on that stage, it's going to show. Yeah. You know, it kind of keeps you in check. But then you learn, I can apply this to anything and do whatever I want. I do...
1: I, people are like, oh, they feel so crazy on prep. I'm like, I feel so much more normal. I'm like, when I don't have the, like a goal or a show or something like, you know, whether I'm on an off season, I'm like, okay, you know, this is my programming. This is what I'm doing. Like, this is why I'm doing it. Um, I just, (laughs) I, I don't know. I'm just not really me. I feel better and, and more structured. And like I said, I've, apply it to my life. And I want you guys to know it is expensive, but I also, I I hate when people say that because you cannot put a cost on your health. You won't think twice about buying a Gucci bag or (laughs) spending that stimmy on something else. (laughs) This is your, this is the only thing you came into the world with and you need to take care of it. It, I, I just can't preach that enough. And and the I
0: life lessons the life lessons you learn with it. I mean, there's so much more than just the health that come along with it. So mm-hmm. it's definitely worth it. It's funny. It's, it's people to people out there listening. Look at it like this: It's one of the only sports that you actually have to pay into to do, and you're not always guaranteed a paycheck. You have to win. You have to first you have to turn pro, which is a lot of money, and then you have to win at that point in the payment to be worth it. So for all that to be considered, and people are still giving every inch of their life to do this when they compete, there's got to be something in it that's worth something. That's got to be something that's that attractive to where people give all that up to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: So it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be worth trying. It's, um, yeah.
1: You're either you do it one time and you're like, okay, I did it. Or you're hooked.
0: Exactly. That's exactly. And you, even that one time you do it, I've seen people do it one time and they learn how to eat healthy and stay structured mm-hmm. the rest of the whole time. And when they get a little heavy, they know how to take it off. And I've seen people jump into preps just so they can learn more and hold themselves accountable it's
1: more. The and they, you know, they're not like a all the time competing, but th- they will do one every so often, which, you know, good for you if you're doing it for self-growth. You're doing more than
0: somebody who's who's not. Yeah. I've actually had um, a girl once, a lady. She was in her 40s. Um, she wanted to see what it was like and get some weight off. And then she ended up going to the Paradise Cup. And she, I think she should have placed better because she looked awesome. But I got one of her videos on YouTube. She had an amazing transformation. And awesome. when she, she saw she was like, well, fuck it. I might as well like you were she's like i mean i got this far might as well do the other 10 weeks or so and just finish yeah she learned a lot she trains people now i mean she does really well so that's awesome yeah it's it's never and i
1: wish people would realize just because you're unhealthy right now doesn't mean with you know good nutrition and and just not even hard exercise just moderate exercise i try to tell people just 30 minutes a day just 30 minutes a day move your body and make healthier choices you know You'll at least be, I,
0: be better off now than you were when you weren't doing it. Yeah. So, Shawnee, I cannot thank you enough for taking time out to come on here. I, I enjoyed having you on here. Um, I know you're, how far off is Pittsburgh?
1: Um, We will be five weeks on Friday.
0: <laughs> five weeks out? Yep. Yep. Wow. So, we'll be, we'll be tracking and see how you do then. Of course. Yeah, you know, I'll
1: keep you know, I'll keep you updated. Yeah, and
0: if you and you and Jeff want to come on sometime and talk about some of the stuff you all do or whatever, I would love that because Jeff's a guy's super knowledgeable and he's a really nice guy. And um, I think it'd be good to get him some exposure on here too. I think he could do well. So uh, he's like a he's a hidden treasure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's a hidden treasure.
1: <laughs>
0: that's a good way to that's a good way to describe him. Now we just, we
1: keep trying to like like lift him up, and he's like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you get him talking though. You better have a, a pad and pa- you better have a paper and a pen to start writing shit down. And
1: an encyclopedia.
0: Yeah, guy knows a lot. Oh, but, um, he's
1: a, a mad scientist.
0: Yeah. So um. Thank you so much for coming on. Good luck at Pittsburgh. And um, hopefully we can have you on again and talk more sometime.
1: Yay!